0: A marriage-strengthening edition of Abounding Grace is right around the corner. You see, marriage is honorable not just for us. That's not actually not the
1: primary reason. Marriage is honorable and to be protected and guarded because it represents the picture. It's a picture of representing the true relationship between Jesus and his bride. You don't want to mess with the picture of Jesus and his bride to a watching world.
0: This is amazing grace. Marriage, as the Bible defines it, is under attack today like never before. That seen in the high rate of divorce and adultery to the attempts to redefine it. Now more than ever, we needed to be reminded of God's truth about marriage. And Hebrews chapter 13 is a good place to turn for that. Pastor Ed Taylor will have us consider just one verse today, and that's verse 4. It says, marriage is honorable among
1: all, and the bed is undefiled. But fornicators and adulterers, God will judge. In a culture then and now that is redefining marriage, undermining it, ridiculing it, dismissing it, the Bible speaks loud and clear. Marriage is honorable. And listen, when things get tough and things get hard, for those of you that are married, you've got to put an extra guard up around your marriage. It's not time to let your guard down. It's time to put your guard up even higher to take care of one another and guard the boundaries of your marriage. Remember, the Hebrews are just, I don't know what to do. I'm not sure where to go. And some of them, although the text doesn't say, I can, I, I can venture a guess into the situation that as some are wrestling with the reality, one, of the, one person in a marriage would want to go back into Judaism, but the other one would stay. And in honoring marriage, you want to be one in your decisions. You don't want to be. You're no longer independent. You're now one. That's what marriage does. And the definition of marriage couldn't be clearer. It's one man, one woman, one lifetime. There isn't two definitions. There's not three definitions. There's not five definitions. In a world that's trying to change it all, the Word of God speaks loud and clear. Marriage is honorable. Divorce is not an option. And I read that exactly as I put into my notes because I think that's a word from the Lord to a wrestling spouse today. Divorce is not an option. Don't even mention it. Yet even more, don't live your life in such a way where it becomes a thought and an option. It's God's will for you to work out the situation that is currently troubling your marriage. To work it out. To come together to to reassess your role in the marriage and the power of God to enable you to come together and protect that oneness. To protect that oneness. At every ceremony, marriage ceremony that I get to officiate, I will look at each, the groom and the bride, and I will read to them, turn over to Ephesians chapter 5, I will read to them the godly descriptions of their role in marriage. So go with me to Ephesians again, now this time chapter 5, because God has prescribed for us roles and responsibility that He empowers us to fulfill. Ephesians chapter 5, pick up with me in verse 22. Ephesians 5, 22. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as also Christ is head of the church, and he's the savior of the body. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. And it's highly unfortunate that many a husband has taken this passage and used it as a tool, or perhaps even as a club, to harm and to hurt their wives by asserting the necessity of submission. It's just too bad, because that's not the heart of God, as you'll see in a moment. Submission is a gift. It's a a gift of obedience unto the Lord that a wife gives to her husband within the confounds of a loving relationship. Because notice what the husband's responsibility is in verse 25. Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of the water of the word, that he might present it to himself, a glorious church, Not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself, because no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes it and cherishes it just as the Lord does the church. I have yet to meet a woman indwelt by the Holy Spirit who does not offer a submissive spirit to a loving husband. Love is the key. And husbands, we have the responsibility to love our wives. How? Well, the example is given very clearly, is Christ loved the church. So important. How did Christ love the church? He died for her. He died to himself in a very real way. Physically died, of course. But for us spiritually, how do we love our wives? The greatest way to love our wives is to die to ourselves and to live To love, it's kind of like the dating days, right? Wives love if the dating days would last forever. It would be great. The pursuit and the care and the concern, like Peter would say later, he he would tell us as husbands, husbands, dwell with your wives. How? With understanding. And the idea behind that word understanding is, hey, dwell with your wives and continue to pursue them. And get to know them. And learn the different facets of them. And when a husband is loving his wife, a wife is submitting to her husband. And these issues never come up in the marriage. Never. And at every ceremony, while we're here on this stage or wherever the the wedding is, I'll look at each of them and I say, these are your responsibilities. This is what God has told you to do. This is how marriage works. Notice verse 30. For we are members of His body and His flesh and His bones. And for this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, let each one of you in particular so love his own wife as himself, and let the wife see that she respects her husband. There's a responsibility on the husband's side to disciple his wife, to teach her and take her along the way. But there's also a responsibility of the wife to show respect and honor. And in the marriage, you can speak truth to one another and help one another grow in the things of God, not help one another fall away from God's best. And anyone listening to me right now that has been touched by divorce, whether personally or in your family, know how painful it is. You know, the Bible says that God hates divorce many times that gets interpreted like God hates people that are divorced. That's not what it says. The Bible is very clear. God hates divorce. And any of you that have been hurt by divorce, you probably hate it too. The effects of divorce is so painful, so hurtful. And it's just the enemy of our souls looking for that little opening, that little crack, that little opening. You know, you have a, you have a fight with your spouse and all of a sudden Somebody's paying attention to you. The very next day, somebody gives you special attention at work. And you go, oh, interesting. Somebody cares about me. And then you begin to pursue it. You have a little, you know, you, maybe it's been a, an argument that's lasted for a while. And you let the sun go down on your wrath. Uh, and, and you just keep anger and anger. You're getting more anger. You're getting more angry, You are getting more angry you will not talk to each other, even in different rooms, different beds, di- sleeping on the couch. All the things that we joke about are very serious matters. And there you are. You're in a very serious time in your marriage. And then, whoa, somebody from high school just popped up on Facebook. Oh, wow. And now because of the condition you're in, you reach out or they reach out to you. Listen, when you're in a difficult time in your marriage, I don't want you just to think of it as difficult. I want you to think of it as vulnerable. If the enemy can divide us in our marriage, he makes us very vulnerable. Now, in the midst of an argument, you don't view yourself as very vulnerable. You think you're strong. You think you got it. You think, but, but you're very vulnerable. And the person that enters into your life in that vulnerable thing, let me just tell you, as much as you might like the attention, as much as you might like the gifts, as much as you like the, the little rendezvous, that person couldn't care less about you. They're only taking advantage of your vulnerability. They're only taking advantage of you in your weakness. They don't care. They don't care about your wife or husband at home, they don't care about your kids, they don't care about your parents. They don't care. You know, maybe what we're seeing within the young people today is that there's this, this, this time now where they're trying to figure out who they are, and now the options are so much more. And one of the things that kids are really are trying to figure out is, what's my sexual identity? That's a big thing today. I'm not sure what I am. And as our culture keeps promoting, well, I came out this, and I came out that, and I take this, and the parents are all upset, and they're all over, like the kids are vulnerable. And let me just say, if you're a kid right now and you're trying to figure out who you are, just ask God. He'll tell you exactly who you are. He made you male or female. And maybe He made you for singleness, but He made you male or female. And maybe He made you for marriage, but marriage is one man, one woman. That's marriage. It's not, maybe somebody enters into your life and and feels that vulnerability in you and is drawing you into a relationship that doesn't glorify God. It could be through fornication, it could be through lesbianism, it could be through homosexuality. All those things that don't honor God, I can tell you the person that's drawing you away from God doesn't care. And you want to come back to what's important. See, in the midst of difficulty and trial, marriage is honorable. And he says, do you notice back in Hebrews? Oh, before we get to Hebrews, let me just speak one more word about submission. Submission's not just for the wife, you know that, right? I saved a verse for last out of order. Go back to verse 21, because the Bible says that we're to submit to one another in the fear of God. Submission is for all of us, and if you think about it, just being in a service right now, you're in submission right now, willingly, on purpose, because you recognize that this is a teaching atmosphere. You recognize that that men and women, boys and girls, have come to be taught the Word of God, and so you have purposely submitted yourself to the environment for the purpose of Bible study. Now, you may have never thought that, but that's what you're doing. Like, if you just had this errant thought is, you know what? I got this song in my head, and I think I want to dance. I think I just want to dance. And you just get up right now and start dancing all over. A couple things are going to happen. Number one, you're going to find out there's a lot more security in this room than you realize. (laughs) And they're going to ask you to please take your dancing outside. Because that would be, although dancing's not a sin, being done in the middle of a Bible study is inappropriate. (laughs) It's lack of submission. You're not caring about one another. See, when you submit, when you and I choose to submit, what we're saying is this. I care more about others than I care about myself. I care more about others. I may want to do this, and I can even do it. I can do this. You go, I can do this anytime I want. You probably can. But in order to love others submission says, I'm going to care about the whole more than I care about the part. And that's what happens in marriage. I care more about the whole than I do about the part. And I know that if I'm in a problem right now, and I've got challenges in my marriage, if I choose to submit to God, and I choose mutual submission in my marriage, then I'm on the pathway to see this solved. I'm on the pathway for God to use this. And if you're single today then you have even a greater opportunity to submit yourself to God as you wait in contentment for that person that God has for you in marriage. That God wants you to remain. Notice the last thing in Hebrews 13 is he wants you to remain pure. When he says the married bed is undefiled, he's saying that there's a place for sex. And it's not fornication and it's not adultery. Did you see that? He gives that at the end. He says, fornicators and adulterers will be judged. The, mar- the honor- marriage is honorable. The married bed is undefiled, but fornicators and adulterers will be judged. What does he mean? Well, there's a place for sex. Sex is honorable in marriage. Marriage, according to the Bible in Genesis chapter 1, was, is for the creation of children. Secondly, marriage, according to the Bible, is for companionship and intimacy, Genesis chapter 2. Marriage, also number three, is for the domain of sexual expression, 1 Corinthians chapter 7. The married bed is undefiled. Sexual purity is important to God. And it's important to your spouse, too. It's important to the church of God, sexual purity. You see, marriage is honorable, not just for us. That's actually not the primary reason. Marriage is honorable and to be protected and guarded because it represents the picture. It's a picture of representing the true relationship between Jesus and his bride. You don't want to mess with the picture of Jesus and his bride to a watching world. And although we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, like, like maybe you're on the other end of a divorce and you've come through one, If the the Lord has it, if it's His will, according to His word, for you to remarry, then just make the divorce in your past the last divorce you ever have. Or as I often say, make this the last marriage you ever have. And stay strong in the place of God. Stay strong and faithful to Him. Don't go out on your spouse, both physically, emotionally, mentally. You know what's happening is, is more and more relationships are being dissolved by pornography. You think pornography is not painful to your spouse. You're wrong. It damages your spouse. It is. Pornography, participating in pornography, listen, is sex outside of marriage. That's what it is. And many times it hurts your spouse. Now primarily, this is a sin that covers men and women, but primarily men. And let me just tell you, Having sat across the table many, many times, pornography feels like adultery to your wife. You might say, well, you know, I didn't do it. I was just looking and not touching. It feels as if you went all the way with another woman. It dehumanizes your wife and husband. It demoralizes them. And it ruins and defiles your head and destroys intimacy. You just got to stay away from it, church. Church. It says right here, adultery and fornication will be judged by God. They go, but I'm a believer. I got freedom. There's a judgment and a consequence for all of our sins as believers. And the Lord wants to wash and cleanse you by the water of his word. He wants to free you from this decrepit, horrific sin that has infiltrated the church. What's commonplace in the world can't be commonplace in the church. If that's a part of your life, you need to repent Forsake and run away from it. Within marriage, sex is beautiful, fulfilling, even creative. Outside of marriage, in any way, it's ugly, destructive, and brings great long-term consequences. Back in Hebrews, at the end of chapter 12, remember what it said in Hebrews 12 and verse 29? For our God is a consuming fire. Which reminded me of how fire is a beautiful thing when it's in the right place. You know, fire in this kind of weather in your fireplace is a beautiful thing. It brings warmth to your home. It's beautiful to watch. It's contained and it's exactly where it belongs. But you take that same fire and you bring it out to the forest and you put it at the base of a tree, it very much can do far more damage than you ever expected. It can wipe out entire hillsides and mountainsides. Because fire outside of its purpose can be very destructive and dangerous. Sex is very similar. And in the right context, the married bed is undefiled. It's beautiful. It's wonderful, enjoyable. Outside, it is destructive and harmful. And so it makes sense, does it not, to a group of people that are just wavering in between, not sure what to do, that he says, hey, let love continue. Don't forget What binds us together is the love of God. He says, don't forget to entertain strangers. Don't isolate yourself in times of difficulty. You might even entertain an angel. Who knows? Not only that, but remember the prisoners. They're isolated. They have nowhere to go. But also those that are mistreated, looked down upon. You know, when I think of mistreated, I I think of that category of people that automatically go, well, they deserve it. Well, they deserve it. Well, they want it. Who cares? They're still mistreated. What does the gospel have to say to those that are in a very difficult place in their life, whether they chose it or not? I mean, anyone that gets involved in sin and has to deal with the consequences, they chose sin. Nobody sins by accident. And we have to have a love to care and help people, help them get back up. Not only that, but you remember that marriage is honorable. Guard and protect your marriage. The bed is undefiled. And just by way of definition, fornication is sex outside of marriage, whereas adultery is sex breaking the bond of marriage. So adultery is committed by a married person, fornication is committed by someone that is not married. That's the general definitions. But if you want the bigger picture, it's sex outside of its proper place in the mind, in the heart and also physically. And that's just God's word for you. It's God's word for you here. For those of you tuned in from afar, God is looking in these last days to build purity in us. Something that He does. He wants to heal. Perhaps this is part of your past. He wants to bring healing into your life. I in no way stand here speaking lightly of the pain that you carry because of these particular sins. The consequences are horrific and hard and challenging often very traumatic and long-lasting, but the Lord can heal. He can do a great work. We have testimony after testimony of people that can look back on a much more difficult day of the healing and forgiveness and hope that the Lord has brought into that. But now looking forward, we just won't go there. Looking forward, we just need to learn to walk in the Spirit so that we don't fulfill the lusts of our flesh. Walking in honesty and fidelity, being careful. Why? Because the family of God is important. We're to saturate ourselves with the love of Christ, both brotherly and also the agape love of God.
0: Pastor Ed Taylor on Abounding Grace. His message today is titled, Expressing the Brotherly Love of Christ. Stop by AboundingGraceRadio.com if you'd like a replay, or listen to Abounding Grace through our app. Search for Calvary Church or Ed Taylor and download that today. Pastor Ed, today you encouraged us to put an extra guard up for our marriages to protect it. Can you give us some ideas on how we might do that? Well, Larry, we just did a series here uh, as a church that we called Family Matters,
1: and part of our series is I taught on marriage, husbands, wives. There are many studies in that series, but I think um covering marriage, husband and wives, there's five of them. So number one, I would listen to those. There's some great insights in there. Secondly, I recommend a resource, a book called Married and How to Stay That Way by a friend of mine, Pastor Steve Carr, C-A-R-R, available wherever you get books. Uh you can get it on our store. Uh it's one of our picks. CalvaryCo.store, and remember, anything through that resource or through that that portal, through that online store, all the net proceeds go to our missions. So, married and how to stay that way, but on a simple level, uh, ways that you can improve your marriage right away is to pray together regularly, read the Bible regularly, come and worship uh, the Lord regularly, sit together uh, in service, talk about the message afterward serve the Lord together regularly, but you can see that the key is to be together, to give focused attention, not only to your spouse, but focused attention to your spouse in the Lord. So make sure that you get the, Get our free app. Just put my name in, Ed Taylor, and our app should pop up. Just did a series, Family Matters. I think those studies will help you greatly. I mean, really, I do think that they'll plant seeds of, hope and help in your marriage, read the Bible together, pray together, worship God together, serve together, be together, and pick up the resource from my friend at calvaryco.store. Uh, Pastor Steve Carr, the book is Married and How to Stay That Way. Help you a lot. It will. Those steps will bless you
0: greatly. Very good. Thanks again, Ed. We're so encouraged as we hear from people who have called or written to let us know that they listen and how God is doing a great work through the teaching of his word. We're so thankful to God for this. And if you'd like to share your story, please email us through our website at aboundinggraceradio.com. We really want to hear from you. And we also have a book we'd like to get into your hands that can serve to help you win the battle of your mind. If you struggle with unhealthy thoughts or emotions, this is a must-read. In Don't Give the Enemy a Seat at Your Table, author Louis Giglio draws from Psalm 24, and he offers insight on how to cancel the lies that will wreck your life. You'll learn to stop the spiral of shame, temptation, and insecurity, and restore peace and rest in your life. Again, that's Don't Give the Enemy a Seat at Your Table, our featured resource right now at Abounding Grace. Request a copy when you give a a gift of $25 or more to Abounding Grace. We're here to serve you at 877 30 Grace. That's 877 30 Grace. You could also make a request online at calvaryco.store. And thank you for your generous support. It's your donation that allows us to bring the teaching of God's Word to this community and many others around the nation. To make a donation, visit aboundinggraceradio.com or call 877-30-GRACE. Celebrating 20 years of God's faithfulness, this has been Abounding Grace with Pastor Ed Taylor. Come back next time when we'll return to our study of Hebrews.